You've been so good. You've been so good. 
good. I thank you, Lord. My heart is full. My heart is full. My heart is full. I love you, Lord. You've been so good. You've been so good. I thank you, Lord. I thank you. My heart is full. My heart is full. I love you, Lord. I love you. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Oh, my soul cries. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Oh, my soul. So normally on Mother's Day, we would have a gift here for each lady that came through the building. As we thought about what we could do, we decided that it would be absolutely impossible for us to deliver a gift to every lady without missing someone, and we would never want to do that. And we thought, well, if we had the ladies pick up the gifts... But then we knew that not everyone would be able to get out and be able to get those gifts. So we thought, what could we do for the ladies this year? Ladies love to give to others. And so we thought that the ladies would be okay with us giving what we would normally spend on gifts for Mother's Day to Mother's Memorial this year in honor of each and every lady that attends Firstborn Ministries. So thank you ladies for your sacrifice and your giving this morning. Mother's Memorial is a wonderful ministry that gives to ministries all over the globe. It gives to ministries that are close to ladies' hearts. It gives to children. It gives to other ladies. It sponsors Bible school scholarships for Bible school students overseas. And we would ask that if you would like to give an offering in honor of or in memory of your mother this morning, that you could do that on our church website on firstbornministries.com. And if you're in the parking lot this morning, we will have an usher out there with a mask on that will come to your car. If you brought your offering, you can give it that way. There is also um, a way that you can sponsor a Bible school student. If you have sponsored them in the past or if you've never even heard of it, $200 will sponsor a Bible school student overseas so that they can go to Bible school and that they can learn about the Bible, they can learn about the doctrine, and those become the pastors and the ministers in that area that's able to reach out to their own people in their own area. So that's just $200. If you would like to do that this year, you have until the end of June to get that turned into the church and again you can bring it to the church or you can give it online there's another um, program this year that mother's memorial in illinois has called the circle of sacrifice there's a silver circle starting at 250 dollars so for a lady that would personally give or raise 250 dollars for mother's memorial and then the gold circle would be a thousand dollars and there's some incentives that you get for doing that this year if you're in the silver circle you would get your name recognition on the um, several silver circle at ladies conference this year and you would have your name entered for a drawing for free ladies conference and a $100 visa card. 
If you are in the gold circle, so you've personally given or raised $1,000, you would have your name on the gold circle at Ladies Conference and be recognized, have free Ladies Conference registration, lunch with our district ladies leaders, and your name entered in a drawing for $250. And so if that's something that you want to do this year, we would encourage you to do that, and you also have until the end of June to turn that in. And I know of one lady in our church already that has surpassed the silver circle, and that is Sister Barbie Post. So we're proud of her and what she's been doing for Mother's Memorial this year. Thank you, Sister Post. And so we would just encourage you this year, if you would like to give to Mother's Memorial, you can do that here this morning, either in the parking lot or on firstbornministries.com, or you have all the way until the end of June to be able to give this year. So thank you each for your giving this morning. And now we're going to have some more worship time, but the next speaker up here this morning is going to be Sister Robin Maynard. And I know she has a wonderful message for each of us this morning, and I can't wait for it. And I was hopeless, I knew I was lost. Death and darkness were my only songs. I needed someone to come rescue me in mercy. Lord, you found me, you heal me, you call me from the grave, gave me a real up. Thank you, Jesus. You washed my sins away. So now I'm living like I'm forgiven. You came to set me free. Oh, that's what that's what your mercy did for me. Lord, you found me. Lord, you found me, you heal me, you call me from, you gave me new life. You wash my sins away, so now I'm living like I'm forgiven. You came and set me free, so that's what your mercy did for me.
all of you and all the smiling faces of the ladies that are here um, but I know in my heart I can see you and I know that you are here with me um, and happy Mother's Day and I'm so glad for everyone and the praise team you did a wonderful job this morning great job um, I I uh, thought this week about having um, things not always go your way and go the right way. So I thought about a question I want to ask each one of you today. Have you ever had a bad day? Well, I can tell you that some of you are saying right now, are you kidding? A bad day? I have bad weeks. I have bad everything. And I understand. And if you have children, sometimes you have a bad day. I had bad days with my children. Um, some of them would get hurt and injured. One time one of them got cut. I had to get stitches and I was in the hospital. I couldn't go down with them. And here's a mother nervous wreck. And then I had children, the, the three in the middle, what one didn't think of, the other one did. And 
tying people up and walking across roofs and whatever they could think of. Camp, when I would get told everything my children did. <laughs> or when one of them fell in a sub pump and I pull her out and everything's fine, but I'm a, I'm a mess. That was a bad day. And so we have bad days. And whether it's at work, your children, your family, it happens. It just happens. Uh, I mean, um, you know, you get out of bed, it starts off wrong. This is a bad day. You can be pretty sure you're going to have a bad day when you call the suicide hotline and they put you on hold. That's a bad day. Your boss calls you by name and tells you they want to talk to you in the office now without explanation. I'm a basket case at that point. Probably going to say, tell me something nice maybe, but I'm thinking everything else. I'm getting furloughed. I'm getting fired. I'm getting in trouble. It's a bad day. Your birthday cake collapses from the weight of the candles. Don't put candles on my birthday cake. <laughs> And uh, you turn on the news and hear the announcer giving directions of the emergency routes out of town. <laughs> Something's going on. Or how about this one? Your twin sister forgets your birthday. Bad day. You wake up. Now, this one's really good. I'm not going to say anything. You just think about it, ladies. You wake up to discover that your waterbed has sprung a leak. And then you realize you don't have a waterbed. I'm not explaining that one. <laughs> or how about this one? You're following a tough-looking group of bikers on bicycles, or motorcycles, I mean, and they're driving along with their leather jackets and skulls and everything, and your horn gets stuck. And all you can do at this point is just kind of wave and smile. <laughs> it's like, hi, <laughs> because you don't want them mad that you're honking at them. These are just a few examples and indicators of a bad day. But what if it was 2,000 years ago and you had a very bad day? You preached the gospel to people in a city called Philippi in Acts, the 16th chapter. You were falsely accused, beaten, many stripes laid on your body, thrown into the inner prison, which was usually below ground, dark, dirt floor, cold, damp, all kinds of creatures right there gets me. Smelly, where the worst criminals were kept. Didn't have really good company. And then they placed your feet in stocks, which was, you know, a couple of wooden beams, and they put it over your feet. They could do it over your neck or arms, too, and lock it. So all you could do was either lay down or sit up, and probably nothing against your back. And these poor gentlemen had just been beaten. This was a very, very bad day. I don't think I ever had a day like that. So this, the two gentlemen were Paul and Silas. And at midnight, and do you realize that midnight is kind of on a clock, the halfway between sunset and sunrise? You're right in the middle of a bad time. And it could be a midnight in your life. Midnight. But at that time, Paul and Silas began to pray and sing praises unto God. I call it they prayed and praised because they knew that there was nothing else to do. What can I do but pray to God and praise? And I kind of think that if it was me, my prayer would have been something like this. God, why am I here? You know I shouldn't be here. I've been doing your work, and I would just start complaining, and that wouldn't have helped anything. Because it said in the Bible that at that point, what the, their prayer and their praise, all the prisoners heard. So I'm so thankful that I'm sure their prayer wouldn't have been like my prayer, thinking about me, 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 but saying, God, whatever you want. God, I would love to be out of here, but if that doesn't happen, whatever you want. And then start to sing and praise God. That is what the answer is. Um, sometimes at, at that point when that happened, a great earthquake occurred. And the foundations of the prison was shaken. The doors were open. The chains fell off. They were free. I think I would have got up and ran out of there. But they didn't. But even in the dark state, they probably heard the jailer, the guard, pull his sword out and was going to kill himself because he was in trouble. He's going to die either way, so he might as well just kill himself, I guess he thought. 
And Paul said, wait a minute, wait a minute, don't harm yourself. We're all here. We're all here. And at that point, he asked for a light because there was no light. And he fell down at their feet, Paul and Silas, and he said, what must I do to be saved? Now the answer of this prison was coming clear. It was a time that somebody was going to be saved because Paul and Silas was thrown into prison. Then Paul and Silas preached to them the word, and his entire household, they cleaned, their, they cleaned Paul and Silas' stripes, and their whole entire household was saved, baptized, and now a Christian. All because of a very, very bad day. A very bad day. God saved Paul and Silas just so that they could tell others how to be saved. What do, uh, what do you go, what, why did I go through the things that I go through? And maybe Paul and Silas thought that. But they knew that there was something more than this. And their prayer and praise brought it around. And they saw the purpose of their very bad day. There was a lady by the name of Sister Freeman. She was a missionary to the UPC. And a very, very great lady. And I had the opportunity one time to uh, bring her from the airport to our church to speak. And I drove her, and she was talking to me all the way here, and I just absorbed it. I just, it was so great. And um, she told me of a story, and I think she has it in one of her books, about a time that she was in Africa. And it wasn't a time like it is now, where you go on deputation, you get churches to sponsor you, and hopefully you get money every month or however they do it. And that day, you just went to Africa and prayed that God would have somebody send you finances. And so she's in Africa, and her husband and her are having a very, very bad time, very bad day. There was no food. She said, I was hardly eating anything to give it to my children. She said her husband looked at her and said, Honey, I'm going to go to the post office here, and I'm going to see if anybody, God laid anybody, on anybody's heart to send us some money. And so when her husband left, she started to pray. She said, I was in prayer. She said, My children saw me praying. It doesn't matter because that's what you need to do, moms. Children need to see you pray. They need to see that in the tough times, you know what to do. And so she started to pray. She said, I even started singing. She says, I remember Paul and Silas. I started singing and praying. She said, the next thing I knew, I heard a bicycle bell outside our house, outside the gate that they had around their home. And she said, uh, in that country where they were, uh, people would bring your groceries from the grocery store and they would carry it, boys would carry it on their head on baskets and ride their bike and carry it on their head and bring it to you. And she said, I looked out the door, and there's this boy out there on a bicycle, and he's got the biggest basket I've ever seen in my life. She said it, it was filled to almost overflowing with food. And she goes, now, wait a minute. That's not mine. I didn't order any food. So she runs out because she said, I don't want my children to see all this food and think that we have food in the house now. So she runs out there, and she says, no, no, go away. Go away before my children see you. I haven't bought this. I haven't paid for this. And the guy goes, no, 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 this is yours. And she kept saying no, and he kept saying yes. Finally, he pulls out a letter or a little note that was with the food. And she said she opened it up, and she said she kept that, and she still had it with her. And she said it was the most beautiful handwriting I'd ever seen. She said it looked like an angel wrote it. And it said that this food was for her and didn't have any signature of who it came from. It was for them. And so here's her poor husband. He comes up the stairs in a little while, and he's got kind of a sad look on his face because there was no letters at the post office. And her, his wife said, come here, look. And they had so much food. So God took a bad day to show her family and her children what he could do to take care of this very bad day. And one other story, a lady was walking. You know, when we pray and praise, God does things miraculously. We think it should be our way. God, let me tell you how to do this. God doesn't, you know, he might even sit there and listen, and then he'll go, mm-hmm, I'm not doing it that way. I'm going to do it the way I think it needs to be done, and it'll be perfect. This lady was coming home. She was a single mom. She had children at home, 
and she was, again, very poor, didn't have very much food. And so um, the restaurant owner, where she was a waitress, would give her food and a bag to take home that was leftovers. And he'd say, take this to your children. And so she said, that's the only way we were even living, practically. And so she's going home. It's dark. She's going down this road, and she's got this food. And pretty soon, she hears somebody behind her. And so they, they keep right up with her. She speeds up, they speed up. And she's going, this is not good. So she kind of turns around, and it's this guy. He's following her. And so she says, the only thing I could think of is start to pray. She said, I just started praying, God, take care of this situation. God, you know, whatever. And, God, and she says, it was almost like an audible voice. She said, I'm sure it was just in my head, but it sounded like it came from outside. It said, open the bag. And she thought, no. <laughs> so she just kept praying, and pretty soon that footsteps behind her were getting closer. She said, I almost could feel the breath on me. And so she, she heard the voice again, open the bag. And I think she said it, it happened three times. And finally she goes, okay. So she opens the bag. And as soon as she opens the bag, this big, huge dog from behind this person's house came running out because it smelt the food. And it scared that guy off. And she said to that day until now, she says, I've never seen that dog again. She said, but God saved me with a bag of food. She said, God can do anything with prayer and praise. Prayer and praise turned her bad day all around. In Judges, the seventh chapter, a story is told of uh, an event in the life of Gideon. Gideon was going to fight the Mennonites. There was a host of them. And the best I could find out that it was maybe 135,000 soldiers. Gideon only had, at the beginning, 32,000. That's quite a, not a good odds right there. But God got it all the way down because he kept saying, no, no, too much, too much, too much, too much, till he had 300 men to go up against possibly 135,000 soldiers. Now, why did God do this? God said in Judges 7, 2, And the Lord said to Gideon, The people that are with thee are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands lest Israel vaunt its themselves against me, saying, my own hand saved me. The whole purpose was God wanted to show you what he could do. That's what God wants to do in your life. Maybe you've been up pacing the floor with a baby that just doesn't want to go to sleep. It cries all night. I've got that right now in a dog. <laughs> and, you know, you, you just can't, you don't know what's wrong. You're worried. You're, you're, you know, maybe your child does other things like, we have a lot of this come into the urgent care. Your little toddler decides that, you know, this nose that they have on their face is a good place to hide things or in their ears. And they come in and the doctor and Nurse Robin get all this stuff that they decided to put in their storage area out of their nose and ears. And you're wondering, is this ever going to stop? Is my child ever going to grow up? Well, then they become school age. School age. Now, right now, school age is not the greatest thing because you're homeschooling. And you're going, oh, please let the schools open back up again. Then you have the teenagers. You know, one day they're loving on you and saying, oh, play with me, read to me. They're the greatest kids you've ever seen in your life. And the next day they're telling you anything and everything and get away from me and don't touch me and, and crawling out their windows, hopefully not, and all this kind of stuff. They're just being naughty to all get out. And so you're going, now, wait a minute. Oh. I can't do this anymore, but that's all right. God said, it's not you that's going to do it. I'm going to do it. Pray and praise me. It would change everything. That child can become something great in me. Let them have some independence with restrictions so they learn how to live for me. Show them that you pray for them. Pray with them. Show them how to be. Now, you remember that Paul was in prison, okay? Well, Paul seemed to be in prison a lot. So years later, Paul was in prison again in a city called Rome. And he wrote a letter to the church in Philadelphia, or in uh, the Philippian church, in Philippi. Remember, that's where they, he was in prison. And in this letter, he says in Philippians 4, 11 through 13, it says, not that I speak in respect of want, 
In other words, you know, I, I, I'm, it doesn't matter what I want in my life. I could be poor, rich. I, I'm not talking about irrespective of want. For I have learned in whatsoever state I am in, therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased, brought low, and I also know how to be abound, brought high. Everywhere in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry sometimes, to abound, to suffer need. In other words, there's going to be bad days. There's going to be times when it's not going to go perfect. But then he says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Now, I was thinking about this verse, and first of all, I thought of uh, Paul, who in the first part of Philippians, he says, according to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing, this is in chapter 1, 20 and 21 verses, that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that in all, with all boldness, as always, now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether in life or in death. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. It doesn't matter. If I'm having a bad day, it doesn't matter. If my children maybe don't go to church and I'm praying for them, that's all right. You keep praying for them. And it says, I will be content. Now, I got studying this scripture, and I found, and I found a, um, a scholar, Bible scholar, I guess, and he said, that really, that, that verse that says, I can do all things, really could say, I can do this. And that's what I entitled this today, this message, I can do this. Now, what does that mean? Now, what if I say, I'm going to cook some lasagna homemade, I'm going to make garlic bread, I'm going to have a salad, I'm going to brew fresh tea, I can do this. What did that mean? That meant everything I said prior to I can do this is what I'm talking about. So what did Paul say prior to that? Remember what he said? He said, I've learned whatever state I am in, I will be content. In other words, I can do that. I can be content. How? Through Christ which strengtheneth me. He strengthens me. I can do it. I can be content. No matter if I'm having a bad day, good day, doesn't matter. I am content. I remember seeing a picture years ago of a lady that was holding a present, and she walked up to this throne, and she laid the present at the feet of the throne, and she's walking down. And I thought, you know, people that start to worry and fear and are not content, it's as if they ran back up that stairs and picked it back up again and start to go off with it. When you give something to God, you leave it. You don't have to worry about it anymore. You don't have to be afraid anymore. God has it in control. He can do all things because it says, I can do this through Christ that strengthens me. Jesus never said that following him would be easy, that it would be great days every day. There's going to be times when it's not so great. There is, and he never said it wouldn't happen. But with contentment and the strength of God, it's going to be worth it all. It's not going to be worth it to ever turn away from God, to turn around, to stop walking for him, to stop living for him. That's not what God wants. That's not going to solve any of your bad days. The only thing that's going to solve it and keep you contented is to be with Jesus. I can do this. Thank you for that wonderful message, Sister Maynard. That was, that was awesome. I can do this. <laughs> I'm going to take that away with me this morning. Whatever God places in front of me, I can do this. Not through myself, 
but with his strength. Thank you for that this morning. That was so good. And we're so thankful that you joined us for service this morning. And we want to pray for each and every lady this morning that God will give you a special blessing today. Jesus' name, God, I pray for each lady, Lord, that's listening to this service, God. I pray that you would go with them, Lord. I pray, Jesus, that they would get this message deep down in their heart, Lord, and that they would know, I can do this, Lord, because you give me strength, Jesus. God, I thank you for your word this morning. God, I pray that each lady would have a wonderful day, Lord, and that they would feel your love, God, and that you would bring blessings their way. In Jesus' name, amen. Once again, happy Mother's Day to all of the ladies out there. We love you each, and we're so thankful that you're part of Firstborn Ministries. Have a wonderful day, everyone.
that we want to play church. Let me tell you what we did. We, we went out in the back and started playing church. And my brother was a pastor. Me and Ann here, we were the members of the church. And let me tell you something. It's hard to come in contact with Jesus and still be the same. I don't care who you are. I don't care. You can be the chiefest of sinners. You will never be the same. And I've forgotten I've been going down to the church, playing church. Came home, still disobedient. Didn't want to wash the dishes. Didn't want to bring the clothes in off the line. Didn't want to do anything. Mama said, I'm sick of you going down to that church playing with God. And then that, we went outdoors. We started playing church. Sat down on the bottom step. My brother was a preacher. And we were the members in the church. And he put some old glasses and put them right here on his nose. And he said, I, he said, I want you to jump up and shout Jesus three times. And I jumped up and I shouted Jesus two times. But when I jumped up the third time, something got a hold of me. I couldn't sit back down. And ran in the house. She said, Mama. So Shirley Ann is out there playing with the Lord. Mama came to the door. But she looked out there and saw me shouting and dancing all over the backyard, tears running down my face. It's just a life. Mama looked out there and she said, she ain't playing this time. 